this morning I want to talk to you about uh, getting enough boldness to fight. Because sometimes everything around you says, no, today's not the day. In fact, in fact, my friend Lance said, you know, there's all kinds of signs. We, we, just need to, we just need to not do it today. It seemed like every time we would turn around, we got to Curry's to, to pick up a lawnmower blade. And Mike said, I don't think I have any of them. <sighs> Come on, man. <laughs> well, sure enough, he had one after giving us a hard time about it. But Lance said, look at the signs, man. Today's just not the day. And I said, no, that's not, that's not the signs. <laughs> See, that's, that's not walking in faith. Walking in faith is believing in somebody that's outside the signs, right? God doesn't have to let it rain to show me that I shouldn't go help somebody. That's not the way God works. When you're trying to do what God wants you to do, you ignore the signs that come up in the way. See, Satan will try to give you signs to direct you a different direction. You know, if we were driving down the interstate and you saw a white sign that looked like somebody had spray painted that said, detour ahead, how much faith would you put in it? If you didn't ever see any other signs, oh, that's the only one you saw. They said, you need to turn here. How much faith would you put in that sign? When you've got official looking signs everywhere that says, if you want to go to Houston, you go this way. If you want to go to Dallas, you go that way. Now, if somebody put a roadblock up and it had big orange signs that looked like somebody had made it, you know, like for that use of an official looking uh, Department of Transportation sign, then yeah, you might want to stop. But you don't just follow every little sign that pops up in your path. We walk by faith, not by sight. Amen? Sometimes I see things I don't like. Sometimes I see things that tell me opposite of what I'm believing for. But that's why I walk by faith, not by sight. My sight can be deceiving. Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 18. First Kings chapter 18. We'll start reading in verse 36. Let me give you a little background of this chapter. This is about Elijah. Elijah is here going to encounter 450 prophets of Baal. And they're basically having a showdown, trying to figure out whose God is real. So here's Elijah, one man, staring in the face of 450. What are the 450 telling him? He's wrong. You're wrong, Elijah. What does Elijah do? Does he say, well, all the signs would say otherwise. Maybe I ought to listen to what they say. No. Elijah knew something, didn't he? What did he know? He knew the one true, real God. See, when you know something, I mean, when you really know something, it just doesn't matter what somebody says. 
You know it. I know for a fact 2 plus 2 is 4. There ain't nothing you can tell me to convince me that 2 plus 3 equals 4. There's no way you can prove that to me because I know it in my mind. I mean, right? You understand what I'm saying? When you encounter God on the kind of level that Elijah did, you just know. When God speaks to me, I know when it's God. He gets my attention in ways nobody else can. When Satan speaks to me, he's, you know, a little, well, I don't know about that. No, don't sound right. But when God speaks, man, oh, it just, it's like he, he, imagine that God knows how to do this. He knows how to just open this direct conduit into your spirit and speak something to you, and immediately you know God is speaking to me. You don't have to hear this big, loud, booming voice. You just know. All right, let's start in verse 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, well, let me stop. At this point, the 450 prophets of Baal, what they're trying to do is they built an altar. Elijah told them, look, okay, you think your God's real? Let's build an altar. Put you a sacrifice on it. And let's see who can call down fire from heaven. Right? Whoever does it, well, that will know who the real God is. So the prophets of Baal have done been spending, they spent the entire day. All day. What does it say in verse 36? Time for the evening sacrifice. They started in the morning. Got to noontime. They kept going. All day long, they've been praying out to Baal. At one point, it says the priests were cutting themselves. And See, they believed that, that these other gods were uh, attracted to human blood. That's why they had human sacrifices. They believed that they could bend their ear with human blood. They could get their attention. So they would even cut themselves, trying to, trying to get them to notice them, right? Man, they've been through all of this stuff. Nothing but silence. Imagine that. So here's Elijah. He's getting ready to take his turn. It came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel. You need to be sure what God you're praying to, right? He didn't do that for himself. He was letting everybody else know, I ain't praying to Baal. I ain't praying to some unknown God. This is who I'm praying to. Let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Now see, you don't go and say, okay, I'm going to call fire down from heaven because I know my God is real. On your own volition, see. This was at the command of God that Elijah did this. See, when God tells you, I will do this, He'll do it. See, Elijah is not operating under his own boldness here. He didn't just muster up enough intestinal fortitude to decide to go face 450 prophets of Baal to prove that his God was real. That ain't what he did. This is key. I want you to remember this. 
God told Elijah to do this. When you're operating under the guidance of God, under His direction, guess what? You've got boldness because God told you to do it. Verse 37, Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that Thou art the Lord God, and that Thou hast turned their heart back again. You can say all that in about five minutes, right? It didn't take him all day. Then the fire of the Lord fell, consumed the sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and slew them there. Boldness, man. Not only did he have enough boldness to face these prophets and do what God had directed him, but they he gathered up these other Israelites that were there that were kind of on the fence. Well, I don't know what to believe. God showed them who was the real God. So He gathered them up and said, grab every one of them. All 450. Don't let none of them escape. See, what did did He do? He just eliminated any chance that these prophets could go on and spread any false word. Because what would they have said? Oh, well, there was probably somebody back there behind the thing, lighting it. Or, you know, they would have come up with some kind of bogus story. They would have went on spreading this false doctrine, false religion. He just put an end to that. Now look, I'm not telling you we're going to go out and start killing people. <laughs> let's, let's get that clear right away. Okay? This is a different time, a different era. But... In the spiritual realm. See, this is a different time. This this was a war against flesh and blood also. But the Word tells us today in the New Testament that we don't war against flesh and blood. Our war is in the spiritual realm. Okay? So what we need to remember is as we go out and encounter people that resist us, our war is not with them. Okay? They may be influenced by something that we're at war with, but we're not at war with that person, okay? We need to be praying for them and lifting them up now. But we're going to have fights. So Elijah, Elijah encountered these prophets. Y'all, I don't know. This wasn't an easy, an easy thing to do. Imagine going and standing before 450 other pastors and tell them they're wrong. That's not an easy thing to do. And you know, I, I hope I don't ever have to do that. I don't think we've got that many in this area, number one. 
But number two, I don't think there's that many of them that are wrong. There's some that are. I don't want to have to go face to face with 450 people and demonstrate how wrong they are, right? That's, that takes a lot of something in you. And as Elijah went about this, he did this at the command of God. You, I think about Abraham, how he took his son and was going to sacrifice him. Where do you get that? Where do you get that kind of faith? Right? You've got to have an encounter with God. You don't just make up that stuff. You don't just go out there on your own and say, well, I'm going to see if God is real. I'm going to go sacrifice one of my kids and see if God don't provide. You don't do that. You don't go face 450 people unless God has directed you to do that. So I look at, how does this apply to us? How does this apply to me today in 2010? Well, I know God has directed our church to go into this community. And you know, the thing that just really sticks in my mind is setting the captives free. I feel like we are going to go in as liberators, right? We're going in to free those that are bound. See, people that are in captivity are helpless. How many times through history have you seen times when captives have overtaken a prison and then they just go do what they want to do? Not very many. Those that are held captive typically are weak. They don't have any any way out. They're stuck. So we got to go in and liberate them. We've got to go help them be freed. Y'all, this isn't a fight I would just choose on my own. It's God. God directing me. And you know what that tells me? I have boldness. I have boldness not because I know what I'm capable of. I have boldness because I know who is sending me. The Word says, if God be for you, who can be against you, right? He's on my side. He's backing me. He's supplying my needs as I go forth into this thing. See, if God wants something done, He uses us, but He makes the way. He wouldn't send you into something that was just impossible and not offer any help. He is the one that wants it done. Guess what? The method by which it gets accomplished, the means by which it gets accomplished, that's all up to Him. All I've got to do is be obedient. Boldness. See, if me and Don got together and we decided, Don, we need to start talking to people. Let's go and build us a church and start getting people to come. And we don't have any direction from God. What are are we operating in? The flesh. My flesh will only go so far. My flesh will only take me so far. And some of y'all know that today from experience. Because there's been times in your life when you've said, I think I want to do this. What, maybe, it's, maybe you wanted to go find you a new job. 
You didn't stop and counsel God. You didn't ask Him for nothing. You just took it upon yourself to step out there and do what you wanted to do. You may get lucky and find you a good job. Chances are you're going to have heartache. Heartache. Listen, I've had jobs like that, and it ain't nothing but a waste of time. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You see, there's some things in your life that you need to know God is behind you on. When it comes to providing for your family, you can't just go do whatever you want to do and then expect God to come through in the end. You need to be seeking Him for that thing. You need to be making sure that this is what God has ordered. This is what God has led me to. And when He does that, man, there ain't no hesitation. I'm doing it. Right? I've got confirmation from God telling me, yeah, this is right, man. Some of y'all may say, how in the world do you get that kind of confirmation, Kevin? Well, there's a lot of ways. The number one thing, though, is staying in touch with God. See, when you spend time talking to Him and listening to Him, you recognize His voice. He'll begin to speak to you. I've never one time heard an audible voice, but I've heard just as good. It might as well have been audible. It was loud in my spirit. There was one night I was praying over here at the church. I come out of my office, got about halfway up the aisle, and he just froze me in my tracks. I'm not telling you I couldn't have moved, but I had no desire to move. I just stopped dead. And He spoke something to me. I'm telling you, when God speaks to you, you know it's Him. And when you get that kind of knowledge, man, just just don't even, don't hesitate. Do it. I don't have to sit and pray about it. Right? God just told me. How many times have y'all done that? How many times has God answered your prayer? You're praying, asking God for something. He answers your prayer and then you keep praying. I've done it. Wasted my time. God's sitting there saying, I just told you. Now get up and do it. You can see that in the Bible. There was a time when David was praying. God, what should we do? He's like, get up and quit praying is the first thing you need to do. I've already told you. And y'all saying, well, how does that apply to me? What does that mean, Kevin? Listen, I want y'all to understand, first of all, that the boldness we need to have is is, is godly boldness. I'm not trying to work everybody up into a frenzy and, and, oh, oh, let's go. I'm not interested in emotional highs, okay? I'm not interested in getting you fired up just for the sake of seeing some excitement on your face. I want you to understand that the work we have to do is commissioned by God. It's His directive. We don't have to sit and pray, God, is it Your will that we reach lost souls? God, is it Your will that we minister to the poor and the needy? He's already directed us in His Word. 
We are commissioned by God. What did Jesus say? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. I don't have to pray and ask God about that. And I can have boldness in it. I can boldly go preach to people. And you may say, I'm not a preacher. I don't care. He didn't say preachers go into all the world and preach the gospel. That was a reference to all of you. Boldness, y'all. We need to recognize who we are in Christ. We are not defeated. We are not uh, tore down. You may feel tore down. You may feel defeated. But I'm not telling you about your feelings today. I'm telling you what the truth is. The truth says that you are a victor. That you are made more than a conqueror. Right? So that tells me that I need to have boldness. I need to know who I am as a Christian. I'm a child of the living King. I have an inheritance. I am somebody. I'm important to God, right? I'm not trying to get too high-minded. I'm not trying to get think more of myself than I ought to. I'm telling you what the Word says who I am. I'm a child of the Most High King. I am a prince, not a pauper. Right? Boldness in God, right? That's how you get boldness, is by letting go of your feelings, letting go of what all the world looks like, what you see around you, and put your faith in God. We've got to turn away from all of the negative signs. Y'all ever... Y'all remember those cartoons where Coyote would come out and he'd flip the sign the other way so the roadrunner would go down a dead end and fall off a cliff and it always come back to bite him in the rear end, didn't it? He'd always fall off the cliff after him. We've got to ignore those signs. Satan will throw stuff up at you. Listen, guys, we've got to know the Word of God. The Word of God, what does it say? It says it's a light unto our path. A lamp unto our feet. You see what's coming up ahead, you can see what's around you. We've got to be watching and looking. And you can't watch and look unless you've got light shining in the situation. That's the Word of God. And you say, well, yeah, I read the Word though, and it doesn't sound like it applies to what I'm going through. Well, you ain't read enough of it then. You see, when you've got enough of it in you, you've got something to draw on. You've got something when in your time of need, you can remember what that Word says, and you can be strengthened by it. Remember who you are in Christ. And when you hit the end of your boldness, you hit the end of your strength and your, your, your resources, you can then draw on that Word and remember, wait a minute, this wasn't my ideal anyway. This is God's plan. God will supply my need. See, He don't supply our need just because we want to go do something. He supplies our need when, when we're following Him, being led by Him. 
Sometimes He'll let you just get out there and do what you want to do and then watch you flounce around a little bit. So you'll have to come back to Him. 